Kia ora, I'm Georgia. I'm Catherine. And you're listening to... Pimpod! Welcome to this week's episode of Parent Pod. Georgia, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Still in one piece? I am still pregnant. We should um, <laughs> like date stamp this. We're recording on Friday the 17th of February, so a few days before this is due to come out, and yeah, you are still in one piece. Who knows? Hopefully by the time this episode comes out, you might not be. That would be lovely. That would be so nice. Yeah, because I'm just over 39 weeks now. But it's so hard because I went overdue with both the boys, so I guess that's just how long it takes me to cook a baby. True. But I'm also like, come on, it's my third. Let's just, you know, get the show on the road. Everyone says like it ends up happening quicker, but we are both examples of our second going longer than our first. So. I know if it like continue, so Hector was a week later than you. Yeah. I'm like, I'd be almost 43 weeks if this is a week later again. Oh my god, <laughs> it is such a weird time when you're it's almost like as soon as you hit that 37, 38 weeks, and you're like, I could have a baby tomorrow or I could be another month. Like, it's wild, yes. isn't it? Yeah, that's the weird thing. I think at least when you get, um, to a certain point then like now over 39 weeks I'm like it's realistically going to be in the next two weeks yeah. but but like yeah a couple of weeks ago you're like this could be another month <sighs> how how do people already have their babies and it could be another month have you I've always been have you always been slightly jealous of those people that like just happen to naturally go into labor like just before their due date or on their due date yes yes yeah I am yeah I'll admit definitely jealous because I just think it's they don't have the like waiting like as much waiting around and going for like you know sweeps and trying to bring it on because it's like a nice surprise like oh just happened oh, there it is because that's what giving it having <laughs> it birth is like oh, there it is <laughs> It might yeah, be by I'm number three. I'm thinking that in my head. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm just imagining they, they just yeah pop out. You don't even notice. One day you cough, it falls oh, out, and there you go. That would be the dream as well. So you're going for a sweep mm. on Monday. Um. So yeah, hopefully then the baby comes out. Yeah. So hopefully, but yeah, like I said, by the time this is here, hopefully. Mm. Oh, that would be nice. And I know you're all on the edge of your seat. My outie is a full outie. Oh, it is? My belly button. Like a proper outie. It's as in, like, you know, when you wear clothes, you can really see it bulging out. Ah, I didn't Which notice is... that at dinner the other night, but I wish I asked. I, I wore a. <laughs> <laughs> I was wearing quite a short dress, like quite floaty when I saw you, but um, so it kind of hung over it. But. Um, I'll send you a picture. Please later. do. We actually also had um, a few, well, quite a few people message and say that they go back. Yeah, thank goodness. I was wondering if you'd have to, like, push it back in. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with them. One of my children has one. It's fine, but it's just different, isn't it? From what when you- oh, you're doing so well. Like you're in such good spirits, and it was so nice to see you the other day. I've seen you twice now since you've been back and it's just 
oh, it's so nice and I can't believe that you're oh. going to have three children the next time I see you probably. Neither can I. Three, we, yeah, I can't believe it. I didn't really believe it until just like an hour ago we um, decided to put the three car seats in the car. <gasps> just How did it go? Just to fit. That is a jigsaw puzzle and a half. Right. <laughs> Trying to work that out. Like, um, I saw some good tips on a couple of car seat websites for maneuvering and stuff. Um, what setup did and- you go? Because I feel like that's something that lots of people ask and want to know is, um, yeah, like what? how did you put them in? So we have um, two Infosecure Atlas yeah. seats, mm-hmm. which are quite narrow seats. Like when we bought them, um, we were told that they're quite good because they're narrow. So the two boys are in those and then baby's got like a maxi cozy capsule which is like an on an isofix base yep. so that was the bit that was worrying me because the isofix base like has to be in the center of the seat because it's like that's just where the isofix fix bolts are um oh like but... in the middle of the three seats do you mean oh no no they have to be on one of the outside ones oh sorry but... yeah i get what you mean yeah but the but what I was reading online was that actually your the seats don't have to be like in the center of their seat. They can be slightly tilted to the, like tipped to the side a little bit. Oh yeah. Um like you can push the you can push them up against the door. Um but the capsule's obviously really fixed. So anyway, we've got the capsule on one side. Can't remember if it's behind passenger or driver, and then um one on the other side that's Hugh's forward facing because he's over the limits. And then um rear facing in the middle right and that's Hector like a rear facing Atlas yeah he's on that seat there's no way there's we tried just to see down the line if we could do both forward facing and the capsule that just doesn't work like it's yeah we couldn't get that one to yeah. work so and Hector's happy he's happy still rear, rear facing I mean he was when he had like all the space in the world on one side but now he's like sandwiched Aww. so tightly yeah. between the capsule and his brother I think he um won't be too impressed but, but... him and Hugh will be so close then they'll be able to look at each other <laughs> punch each other <Yeah. laughs> um <laughs> take snacks from each other I'm at the thing I'm most worried about is um him pass because if it was Hugh in the middle that was what I wanted ideally because he's old enough to understand not to pass things to the baby that it could put in its mouth. Oh, of course. But, um, and Hector's not, but that's just conversations we're going to have to have. Yeah. And do you think realistically um, yeah. you'll be going far with all three in the early days? Oh, knowing you, you probably will. You're so good at getting out no. and about. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, hopefully. And I just need to make sure there's no small items or snacks in the Yeah, back. yeah. Yeah, but if anyone has any good tips for three in the back, please, please send them to me because, yeah, I'd love to know. It is a bit of a jigsaw puzzle, car seats, isn't it? And I guess when you purchase your first, oh, yeah. you're almost not thinking far enough ahead. Long term. Yeah. yeah, it's like the whole single double, double pram thing. Yeah. Because you had got the double pram after your single didn't you yeah we've got both and we just we actually used the single quite a bit when Flo was born because she loved the front pack but I we haven't used the oh, single yeah. pram in so long now luckily Harry still loves the pram so he's still actually happy to sit in the double pram so nice. we're just going to keep going with that until he has enough yeah. and then we've got a buggy power on. yeah we've got a buggy board so 
but I'm almost like I've only taken him on that once. I don't want to give him a taste of that while he's still happy in the pram. Definitely not. No, because that is they are quite annoying, the buggy boards. Like walking, you kind of have to walk with a bit of a cowboy like straddle, yes. don't you? Yes, yeah, you definitely feel like you have a child in between your legs. And he wasn't that yeah. tall the first time we used it, so he couldn't actually see over the pram where it, because I guess they were close together, but... He probably can see over now, so that would be nicer for him too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, such a juggle. I don't know what you do if you have four kids in a car seat. Like, what cars can you get? Because I think it's quite tricky to put them in the third row, isn't it? Yeah, mum and dad have a seven-seater, and we have put Harry in the back, and it has the, Uh, like, tethering and everything for that. So it was actually fine, and he loved sitting in the back I felt like I was driving a school bus did I, yeah I really did <laughs> also if you turn the music up loud enough in the front you wouldn't even hear oh, them that far that back. sounds great maybe chuck them both back there <laughs> yeah that's true put the luggage in the middle kids in the yeah. back <laughs> I guess that's when you just um, get like a little people yeah. get little minivans and yeah like the people carry like people mover type yeah. things yeah um so yeah we just wanted to let you know that this will be our last episode for a little while um yeah yeah um well we've absolutely loved bringing you these chats with all of the lovely experts we we just have a super busy couple of months ahead of us obviously as you know Catherine is about to have her third baby um and we actually both have trips overseas plan to go and see family and they kind of I go for a month and come back and the day after I go Catherine sorry the day after I get back Catherine goes um so yeah we're just we're just feeling a bit busy at the moment and it was kind of like something had to something had to give really yeah um unfortunately that at this point that is parent pod for us at the moment like we said I absolutely love speaking to our experts it's I've learned so much and I refer back to the chats all the time uh, myself like we've learned so 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 much so thank you so much so far to all of our our wonderful wonderful guests and we really appreciate all the time you've given to share your knowledge with us yeah and thank you also to um the listeners um that tune in each week and we really hope that you guys will understand and get back on board with us when we come back when we started parent pod we just really felt like there was nothing like this in New Zealand and to be honest selfishly we just really wanted to hear these conversations with the experts so we thought why not have these conversations ourselves and we you know we would joke and say if no one listened it was fine because we felt like we were getting so much out of it so yeah 100% just to know that lots of you have also you know, you've tuned in and told your friends and benefited from these conversations is really rewarding for us. So yeah, we're, we're sure that you all know what life is like. And um, yeah, we just, we just kind of need to look after ourselves at the moment. And so yeah, we hope that you can understand and that you'll be ready for when we come back. With a bang. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to have to be good. <laughs> no pressure. Um, but this week we have such an awesome guest who we have 
wanted to get on for such a long time and lots of you have asked us about um about this guest um in our kind of q a's and when we've asked which guests you want to have on because it's such a hot topic at the moment yeah it is um I speak to Kelly from Casey Clinic. She is a trainer and we talk about skincare, um, laser hair removal and injectables like Botox in pregnancy and when you're breastfeeding. So yeah, we, we hope that you get something from this chat and Kelly was just such a wealth of knowledge. She, um, mm. yeah, she really knew what she was talking about. So if you've got any questions, definitely have a listen. Thank you so much, guys, and speak to you soon. Bye. Today I'm speaking with Kelly Bruce from Casey Clinic. Kelly is a skin therapist and trainer at Casey here in Ototahi. I'm sure you've all heard of or have visited one of the Casey Clinics across Aotearoa. They were first started in Auckland in 1994, specialising in skincare and treatment, and now have over 50 locations across New Zealand, offering appearance medicine, skin rejuvenation, laser hair removal, and body shaping. They are passionate about ensuring everyone feels confident in their own skin, something that we can all struggle with when pregnant or breastfeeding and postpartum. So Kelly is here today to talk us about skincare during these times. Thanks so much for joining us, Kelly. I am... was saying to you before this is something that's been very highly requested so we really appreciate your time um could you just start by maybe just telling us a little bit about your background yeah for sure first yeah thanks for having me on I'm yeah it's excited to um get amongst us and have a wee chat and just talk about um I guess how normal these kind of things are for everybody as well. So um, something we see in clinic every day. So yeah, normalizing that is is the key. I think there's lots of changes in the skin. So um, yeah, excited to share and talk about that with you guys. Um, Yeah. So um, I've worked in the industry now almost half my life. So coming 20 years this year. Um, I've worked um, lots of different types of um, roles with Casey, so now full-time training, but I had worked in clinic um, for six years as a skin therapist, so excited to be in a training role now, Um, yeah, to share that knowledge and um, help our therapists to grow as as much as we can to empower them to give the best advice with skin analysis and advice for our customers coming in as well, so yeah. Exciting. Gosh, you're very well experienced, which is great. <laughs> it's been a few yeah. years. A few years. Oh, you're obviously very passionate about it, which is awesome. Oh, yeah, totally. And I think um, just seeing, you know, changes in my kids' skin as well as they've grown, it's yeah. really empowered me to to always be um, researching and, and looking for new ways and, and new products and new treatments to help lots of different concerns. Um, so crush churches can, you know, it can be a pretty tough environment to live in too weather-wise, yeah. so that makes a huge impact. So just helping to understand why things are happening in the skin is just as important as trying to fix it topically. Right. Oh, yeah. That's I. Mm. I wouldn't have even really thought about that to be honest. <laughs> yeah. The thing to remember, you know, your skin, your your integumentary system is the biggest organ mm. of your body. Um. So we need to treat our skin with as much care as we would, you know, our lungs and yeah. kidneys and heart and stuff too. So remembering that it is an organ is um something to think about. Yeah. So. 
talking yeah. about skin, um, how does that change during pregnancy? And you know, if we've got a normal skincare routine, what changes might we need to make um, when we fall pregnant? Mm. Yeah, so hormones, mm. right? So they change <laughs> hugely. Um, and this can affect your skin in so many different ways. Generally, we would see that, um, you know, as our estrogen increases, we would see those hormonal breakouts. Yeah. Sometimes um, customers can um, see that usually in that lower part yeah. of the face, those more cystic hard. They kind of feel like they've got their own heartbeat yeah. at sometimes. <laughs> um, hard lumps that you can't squeeze. They're just there. They, they take ages and then they can cause some scarring. Um, also, we see flare-ups of perioral dermatitis right. with that change in hormones as well. And melasma, pigment. Is that, that's um, the darker spots, is it? Yeah, so it, it kind of appears in the skin more like a stain. Okay. It's usually mirrored on both sides. Um, you, well, sometimes people call it the pregnancy mask or the butterfly mm-hmm. effect. It's it's more common in our higher Fitzpatrick skins. Um, it can be stimulated by heat and hormones. So if somebody has a more of an oilier skin that holds heat in the skin, that can stimulate it right. as well. Oh, okay, mm. lots, lots going on there. Yeah. Yeah, heaps. It's it, first of all, I think is just determine to determine is it sun damage or is it hormonal pigment because we treat them very differently. Okay. Right. Mm, yeah. Um, and in terms of products, you know, like you can, you may be fine with using vitamin C during pregnancy. I mean, it's not contraindicated, but you you just may be more sensitized. So although sometimes through pregnancy with their estrogen change people have more oil flow it can go the opposite way as well if you're prone to eczema or you've got an impaired um, acid mantle so the barrier of your skin that could also um, go the other way where you start to have flare-ups of that eczema or psoriasis and dermatitis as well so change in hormones can it's going to find your your trigger if it's to trigger more oil it will do that if it's to trigger more eczema or your inflammatory response it's going to go that way as well so either either side of the boat really oh all these lovely Mm. things that we have to go through right (laughs) that's just like another thing on top of it (laughs) yeah that's the one it's not never ending yeah um Mm. so in terms of our like skincare routine do we just kind of need to Mm -hmm. see what happens with our skin maybe come and chat to someone see what changes we need to make and just go from there yeah, in terms of what we use, and all brands are different, um, we would be recommending that we stop using or that, you that, you know, the customer stops using um, yeah. retinol, um, the vitamin A. So we would be introducing other forms of actives, maybe our vitamin Cs, um, to help your um, just your barrier okay. and strengthen that structure of the skin. Um Again, I mean, hydrate and protect. Yeah. Really, you know, if you got if, if you're having um, massive cystic acne through your pregnancy, you know, we can use salicylic, but the hormones aren't yeah. going to change until baby's yeah. here. So we we just want to try and prevent scarring. So we'll be managing it with hydration, sunscreen as best mm-hmm. we can, um, just to get through. Um, but we also need to just make sure that we're using safe products as well. I found that when I was yeah. pregnant, I was a lot more sensitive to sun is that normal yeah um well I guess again it's that change in hormones so it can cause a change in photosensitivity um you you may notice more hyperpigmentation so you might have a breakout and then with the sun 
um, you kind of have these little red or purple marks that last along on the skin mm-hmm. a lot longer. So that's called hyperpigmentation. Um, I guess, yeah, you've got more blood flow, yeah. and more blood pumping and more hormones moving around. So you can be more sensitized to heat and cold um, as well as sensitive to products, more active ingredients too. So yeah, hydrate and protect okay. really. Um, yeah, things like hyaluronic acid and definitely sunscreen. Cool. Okay, good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and would you, as, is there any kind of skin treatments that you would recommend or ones that you would say to avoid in pregnancy or in that postpartum period? Yeah, so um, at Casey we use a lot of currents and lasers in our facial uh, machines and treatments. So we would be recommending, um, well, we wouldn't be doing laser while or during pregnancy. We can safely laser um, while breastfeeding and post baby. Um, We would be turning all of the currents off on our machines. Um, However, we can use those machines with no current. So we are still going to be able to activate those active ingredients using sound waves, which is safe, um, but we wouldn't be using any phoretic or galvanic currents. Oh, that's good to Mm. know. So there are options. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So full, um, we offer a membership um, called Skin Health where you would be coming for regular treatments that we would use um, microdermabrasion. We could use our level one peels, which is our glycolic peels. Anything higher than that um, does include retinol. So we wouldn't be using any of those higher level peels. Um, We would also offer sonophresis hydrodermabrasion. Um, So you're still going to get a good balance of hydration and exfoliation using machines without currents great Hmm. um and just going back to the darker patches on our skin what did you call those sorry the (laughs) so melasma yeah 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 so common yeah I've had a lot of friends that have had that (laughs) so what do you suggest we do about this if if it's happening or is there anything that you can do yeah, so the goal, melasma sits quite deep in our, um, at the base of our epidermis, so it's it's called a dermal pigment, um, really hard to lift out, depending on your nationality as well. Our higher fits customers, we have more melanin in our skin naturally, right. um, so, so it's going to always appear darker for certain skin types. Right. Um, so the idea for melasma is we, we try to lift and lighten. Again, it's trying to find that root cause of what's stimulated it. Um, obviously through pregnancy and then after baby's born we go through that drop in estrogen and then generally breastfeeding is another change in hormones Mm. Um, and then sometimes it could be that uh, a customer decides to go back on birth control so which then is another form of hormonal change so that pigment is set in there it's not moving so we use different treatments like our um, lightening acids, like our lactic peels, to help lift and draw it to the surface and exfoliate it off. We also would use our microneedling to break okay. it up. Um, the first protocol is to really determine what sort of pigment that we're dealing with um, because if, if we can't treat melasma with laser, it will hyperpigment and scar it. So microneedling um, is really the key key product or key treatment along with vitamin C which it helps to um, build it's called tyranase inhibitors so it helps to stop the formation of melanin in the skin and absolutely sunscreen as well to prevent it so sunscreen helps to prevent it in the first place 
Yeah, so it's stimulated by heat and okay. hormones. Um, also, if you, again, like if you've got a more oilier skin, and oily skin holds heat, which causes inflammation. Mm. Um, so we need to be careful. Even with microneedling, we just need to be careful how deep we're going. Um, I think there's sort of a mindset around microneedling, deeper the better, yeah. right? But no, so we'll be educating you on what your concern is. If you tell us that my, uh, melasma is your concern, we'll be educating you that uh, where that melasma is sitting in the skin, we don't want to cause too much inflammation to flare right. that up. Um, so it's kind of just tickling the surface to break it up. It tricks your skin into a wound healing response to push it up. It's called um, melanin purging. So it's going to push it to the surface and then we'll be alternating microneedling treatments with some exfoliation treatments to lift that uh, melasma off as it comes out through the layers of your skin. It's just amazing the things that you can do. Yeah, I've seen um, some amazing results with microneedling. It's a marathon, yeah. right? Like it's it's taken a long time. And a lot of these conditions are um, genetic mm. as well. People are, you know, there's a family history of it or our ethnicity. Um, we carry more melanin naturally. So um, it's never going to be a complete removal without addressing why it's happening internally. Okay. But we can absolutely help to lift and lighten right. it. Oh, that will be really helpful for a lot of people, I'm sure. Mm, I did suffer um, with that myself. Okay. So, um, yeah, something quite close to my heart. I've worked really hard on. Yeah. So um, there's hope. Yeah. There is hope. Oh, that's, that's great. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's just what a lot of people need to hear, isn't it? Yeah, yeah for sure. So yeah. if we switch now to laser hair removal, this is um, mm-hmm. extremely common nowadays, isn't it? Yes. A lot of this is, mm-hmm. A lot of people yeah. have had laser hair removal. Mm, it's a game yeah, changer. We have heard that yeah. pregnancy and breastfeeding can reverse hair removal. Is this is this true or is this just one of those myths and why is this? Well, again, it's hormones, right? So um, hormones stimulate that estrogen, which can, um, can cause hair growth. So it depends on when you've had laser, if you've had it prior to pregnancy, um, all of your hair is not going to all of a sudden yeah. grow back full growth. You may experience some hair growth, but after um, having a course of laser treatment, we will have killed that follicle. So the idea with laser is that we're heating the follicle up to 70 degrees and it coagulates the, the blood supply. So it cuts off the blood supply to that hair and that it kills that right. follicle. So... The hair's not going to grow back as it would from your first treatment, but you may have hair growth in other mm-hmm. areas. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So don't um, let it put you so, off necessarily. Yeah. No, not at all. One of the questions we would be asking um, when you come for your pre-medical would be, are you actively planning to have a baby in the next right. three months? So if that's the case, we would suggest we wouldn't be lasering. We would suggest that you wait until after baby. And is that, um, like, how yeah, long is we, a course of laser hair removal? Obviously, it's different for everyone, but kind of what's an average? Yeah, yeah different for everyone. So we use a diode la- laser, which is 808 nanometers, so it's targeting that into that dermal layer. Um, so we offer eight treatments, um, depending on the area. So for a body, it would be eight treatments between six to eight weeks apart. So we're working with the hair growth yeah. cycle. Um, at that point, we we would be looking to have achieved up to 80% okay. reduction. There's a few key things, though. So the hair has to be 
um, thick, it has to be mm-hmm. coarse, so carrying enough blood supply, and it has to be dark, so carrying enough melanin for the laser to, to find that in the dermis. Right, okay. So if you're interested, perhaps just go in for a consult and... Yeah, absolutely. Consultation first. And if we're unsure, we'll do a pluck test and we'll test the hair with you to see if you're going to be a suitable candidate for that or not. But yeah, you're not, you know, if you finish a course of laser, it's never going to grow back like it was at yeah. the start. It, it, and as long as you've got hormones, so as long as you're alive, right, where we're making <laughs> different hormones all yeah. of the time, um, which, which is a good thing, it means things are working. Um, but you will still expect to have some maintenance after that eight treatments. Okay. And then, yeah. so considering pregnancy and if we're breastfeeding and things like that, when would you consider <laughs> getting laser hair removal? Like, is it something to wait until you've completely finished with breastfeeding as well? So we can treat while breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. We would just be avoiding um, sort of close to that chest or nipple yeah. area. So we, we could safely treat while breastfeeding once baby's out. We can safely treat you. And that's super common. People are sort of really excited to get back into their course yeah. of treatments once baby's here. Um, so, yeah, as long as that hair is stu- sorry, still a suitable candidate for laser, then um, we can be treating you. Okay while breastfeeding too yeah that's probably something that there's obviously a bit of maybe misinformation out there that people think they can't have it when Mm. they're breastfeed are pregnant they can't have it when they're breastfeeding then they're told it's all Mm. gonna grow back so people think I'm just gonna not do it for this five or ten year period of my life while I'm having babies yeah, no, totally safe while breastfeeding. Obviously, not while baby, not yeah. while pregnant. Um, and just yeah, we just would avoid around yeah. that nipple area while okay. breastfeeding. Oh, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, good, you're to, good go. to go. Good to get in there. <laughs> um, something that we actually get asked about quite a bit in our if we do Q and As or um people message us is about Botox and injectables. Mm-hmm. So. Mm. obviously related to us it's about when they're pregnant or breastfeeding again um so could you just tell us a little bit more about what injectables are and what you offer at Casey yeah sure so at Casey we um offer our injectables for treating those fine lines and wrinkles um but it's also restoring volume Mm -hmm. And, and our facial structures as we age, we lose that collagen. So it's about replacing the volume that we're losing. Um, for lines and wrinkles, we use both Botox and Xeomin. So they're probably quite common names that people hear a lot around. Um, so this treatment is among the most common non-surgical um, anti-aging treatments globally. They're both um, proven to be effective for millions worldwide, safe and effective. Yeah. Um and yeah, so Botox and Xeomins, it's purified protein, so which is it's injected into the treatment area, so into the muscle that temporarily, temporarily reduces the muscle from moving. So it softens that right. movement. Um, so it means that your unwanted lines, um, yeah, softened. It gives you more of a sort of fresh, youthful mm-hmm. look. Which a lot of us um, need when we've had babies and lack of sleep hey look that's the (laughs) one um so areas we would regularly treat with that would be our forehead crows which is sort of around that eye area our frown sometimes that's called 11s um and yeah so between the eyes really 
crow's frown forehead would be the most common areas that we're yeah. using um, our Botox or Xeom in. In terms of dermal filler, this works um, by having, uh, it's replacing the volume. So at Casey, we're using Juvederm um, and Balotero. So there's different types depending on what area we're, we're treating in terms of the, the depth of volume loss. Um, it's, a, it's a clear injectable and it's um, basically it's hyaluronic okay. acid, which our, yeah, our bodies make hyaluronic acid naturally um, and obviously as we age that level depletes so what hyaluronic acid does in the body is it attracts water so it gives you that plump look is that um, what you, so mean to, you mean to like wet your face first and then put if you're using hyaluronic acid is that what you're meant to do you mean to like have make sure your face is wet before you put it on Hydrated, yeah, I guess it depends what you're cleansing with right. first. Um, yeah, so when you're cleansing, usually that lowers the pH level, which is the acid of your skin. Um, so, yeah, you think of, I like to think of this like a dish sponge, right? Like if you're trying to wipe your bench with a brand new tea towel, it doesn't really absorb yeah. much mm-hmm. moisture. Where if you wash it first and it opens the mm. fibers, it absorbs things a lot easier. So, yeah, a, a hydrated skin will absorb hyaluronic acid okay. better. Sorry, that was just a little side yeah. question. <laughs> so in terms of um we would use a hydrating toner right. rather than okay. a water yeah because water, water is quite dehydrating on the skin too if it's the wrong if you you know a dehydrated skin or an impaired right. barrier we'd want to use a toner rather okay. than a water that's good to know yeah um so that's what hyaluronic acid does it attracts to water and it plumps up um Yeah, so we, obviously, as we age, we lose muscle density, fat pads, bone density, um, which then makes us kind of have that sagging effect in the skin jowling. So that's what filler does, is it replaces the volume that we lose as we age. Um, It's also really common in the lips as well. So our lip is a muscle that that thins quite fast. Um, So that's that's a really common area that we would be treating. And again, that's probably just got more and more popular, hasn't it? Yeah, totally. It can be genetic Mm. as well, um, that volume loss there. But absolutely. And I think, you know... um, less is more yeah. so at Casey you know we're always working with you on what um your needs are um yeah to, to sort of achieve your desired look um our all of our team who do our injecting are all registered nurses right, okay um and it yeah and it is really important that um you're feeling comfortable throughout that treatment as well so they'll always talk you through what to expect before during and after and how painful is it? Obviously, that's like how long is a piece of string, but is it something that is <laughs> quite painful or is it just sore at the time? I mean, or? it's not uh, – Botox, you would be in an I, – I feel like an eyebrow shape hurts more than okay. Botox, if I'm yeah. fair. Yeah. Um, the filler, it's depending on obviously what area you're having done. The lips are, are a lot more vascular, so a lot more sensitive. But, I mean, it's not completely mm-hmm. painless. There, There is a numbing agent in – in our product as well so it will help to dull that effect but we don't use a numbing cream or anything prior um but yeah look people were doing it all the time they'll come in their lunch break and have it done so I think you know if you really want to get something done you're gonna Mm -hmm. do it and if you've just had a baby look you can do anything (laughs) (laughs) no so yeah no really safe comfortable treatment to have and I think yeah it's something as well that people 
are worried about it going too far and not looking natural. So it's nice to know that you Mm. kind of talk about that with people too. Yeah, definitely. And um, our nurses are really trained for that natural Mm. look Um, and we do check-ins with you post-treatment as well to make sure that we've got that symmetry and everything's looking good Um, less is more yeah absolutely yeah um so can you get injectables particularly Botox really because I think that's probably one that's we've been asked about the most and seems to be really popular can you get that while you're (laughs) pregnant or breastfeeding so yeah no at Casey we steer clear of these treatments while Mm -hmm. pregnant or breastfeeding so that's a no for those treatments um this is there's just simply no research to prove that it is safe or that it isn't safe so our our protocol is that we wouldn't treat you with either of those treatments during pregnancy or breastfeeding um and at the at the end of the day you know the safety comes first and I guess it's one of those things that no one wants to be the tester of that, do they? You know? No, not yeah. at all. Not at all. There's lots of other things you could do, though. You know, you could be having some hydrating facials yeah. or something that could nice. help. Um, but, yeah, in terms of Botox and filler, um, not while pregnant or feeding. And how long does Botox last? Or is it, again, everyone's really dependent? <clears throat> mm, can be different for everybody, generally between um, – sort of two to three months, um, okay. depending on how many units you're needing, how strong your your frown or your lines are. Um, but that would be something that's talked about in your mm-hmm. consultation with your treatment provider or your, your, your nurse um, in terms of how regularly you're coming and how many units you're having as well. And also your desired effect, what you're, what you're hoping to achieve, what's realistic to achieve and what's safe right. to achieve. Okay. Mm. Um, do you have any kind of top tips for Botox or if, you know, someone's on the fence, not sure if they want to give it a go, what would you say to them? Mm. So first of all, and this, this was just from my experience, I would be um, suggesting that you choose an injector that you can feel safe and yep. trust um, and have those honest conversations about your concerns with. Um, and they, they should be offering you that you know, that full and deep free consultation to talk about how it works, what to expect, how it's going to feel, um, how long it's going to take to kick in, um, and also just what to, I guess, expect in terms of maintenance and, and ongoing um, treatments going forward. So just finding someone that can answer all of your questions, really. Um, I'd also, another tip, I guess, is sort of planning when when you're wanting it so if you've if a lot of men we get a lot of people coming in for before a big event you know and they the event's like tomorrow and they want to look (laughs) great but so yeah if you are thinking about it prior to a big event definitely give yourself time for that to settle in it can take up to two weeks for the effects of Botox to work um so yeah get in there and Give yourself time to try it, let it settle, um, have a have a check-in. So we do two weeks post-treatment okay. check-ins. Um, so give yourself time before mm-hmm. events. Um, it's going to give you time to get used to it as well. If it's your yeah. first time, it can feel a little bit different for you. So you're feeling, you know, the best you can for your big and event. And with that, say if someone's got like a wedding or, or something, for example, obviously you know about that quite far in advance. Would you advise your totally. first time to not be two weeks before? 
that like totally yeah. not two weeks before so yeah I mean it, out and see uh, if yeah. you like it and yeah, we work with loads of brides for lots of different um, treatments that we offer. So we, if they came to us saying, this is my wedding date, we'd be working backwards from that. So even a month mm. prior, um, in case you did have some, I don't know, spot bruising or um, just giving the, the product time to settle in the skin okay. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's different depending on areas and things as well. So that would be a conversation to have with okay. your nurse. Cool. Yeah. Um, and the other tip, I guess, is just to relax. Yeah. Really, like your muscles gonna relax, right? It's safe. Um, you you're being injected by a registered nurse and a very well trained nurse. Um, at KC, our nurses are trained to a very high standard, and they have to perform extensive case studies and training before um, working on customers. So trust that you are in good hands with our registered nurses yeah. as well oh that's good and we kind of touched on briefly before we came on that you know people are speaking about this sort of thing a lot more and it's becoming a lot more um oh I don't want to say acceptable but like just well yeah. just a bit less yeah. less yeah, taboo isn't totally. it yeah and yeah. that must be nice for you is it Oh, so good. I mean, I talk about Botox and hair growth and skin like at the yeah. dinner table and just sort of yeah. normalizing it to, you know, just to feel the best you can feel with all of your options available. So, um, yeah, I just advise everyone to just have that their own mm. consultation and get their own information um, rather than, you know, listening to feedback from other people in terms of you know this is going to happen or that's going to happen because everybody is so different and I guess it's that thing like each Mm. to their own it doesn't someone wants to do something it doesn't matter if someone else doesn't and yeah totally totally you know it's a it's a great treatment I've been having um treatments now for over 10 years and it's just been the best thing so um yeah it's been amazing very good oh thank you so much for chatting to us I have learned so much um about all of this and yeah I think it's something that people are really interested in and obviously there's a lot to consider when you're pregnant and breastfeeding but yeah I think like Mm. you said just go and chat um to Mm. your closest clinic and yeah to ask them yeah, yeah totally all of our consultations are free as well so complimentary consultations oh, so in that time yeah we'll be able to advise you on treatments products what you can and can't do and um, make a plan for you from there so I mean it is going to be a journey obviously while yeah. pregnant um, change of breastfeeding then change of stopping yeah. feeding but there's there's lots you can do cool. as well oh thank you so much Kelly my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Just...